I have to admit, I'm a little bit nervous tonight because I want to preach to you about sowing and reaping, and that's a farming thing, right? And everywhere I look around the, uh, up here, you know, it's farm country, and uh, you all probably know far more about farming than I do, right? So if I mess something up tonight, you, you, you feel free to set me straight, all right? And I don't think that I will. I'm just preaching the Bible, okay? But uh, we are in farm country. I'm not a farmer, all right? I'll just go ahead and say that I'm, I'm a mountain man, all right? We come from the mountains down there, so don't, don't hold it against me, all right? But I want to talk to you tonight about the laws of sowing and reaping. The laws of sowing and reaping. So what's a law? Um, well, there's a law of gravity, right? Uh, so it's a, it's a rule. Uh, it's, a, it's something that orders something, right? And so you can take and you can, you can observe uh, gravity, right? You can, you can measure it, right? It's something that always works. It's this force that's, that's always there, right? Uh, what goes up is going to come down, right? Unless the force that's propelling it up, you know, continues to overcome the downward force of gravity, right? And so we understand what a law is, the law of gravity. Well, there's laws, spiritual laws of the harvest, and that's what I want us to look at tonight. So we're going to use the scriptures to look at these laws of the harvest, and then we're going to make uh, application, and we're going to make application to the areas of soul winning and uh, application into the area of sanctification. All right, so we're just going to take a law of the harvest, and then we're going to make two application points and just go right to the next law and kind of go through this tonight in a systematic way, and I trust that it will be a help to you. So let's see if I can get this thing working. All right, let's see. Do I have to it, just slide it up on to the on position, and that's all it needs? All right, let's see. It is plugged in back there. I didn't test anything. Can you go to the next slide real quick? It would be great. Could you see if you could get that working? And then if you can get it working, flip it around or whatever, and we'll, we'll make it there, all right? Hey, something happened, all right? That's good. All right, so let me just give you an overview of the different laws of the harvest that are out there, okay? The laws of the harvest, um, we'll go through these, but uh, you reap what you sow. Uh, you reap more than you sow. You reap after you sow. You reap if you sow. You say, you're cheating. You're looking at your notes. I know. You have to, you know, bear with me. I'm not a farmer, right? You reap where you sow, and you reap according to how you sow. Okay, so what we want to do is kind of go through and look at each one of these. If you'll go to the next slide for me, first we want to do is look at this first law. Uh, you reap what you sow, right? And uh, that's, that's the perfect slide right there, all right? So in Galatians chapter number 6, in verse number 7, it says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. All right, got it working? Push the down button harder. Okay, all right. Okay, there we go. All right, we got it. Okay, sounds good. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. All right, so you reap what you sow. Now, let me ask you a question tonight. Can I ask questions tonight? All right. If you want to harvest strawberries... What kind of seed should you plant? A strawberry, right? If you want to harvest corn, okay, what kind of seed should you plant? Corn. In other words, you shouldn't plant strawberry stuff if you want corn, and don't plant corn if you want strawberries, right? Because what you plant is what you're going to harvest, okay? So a sower, if he's smart sower, a sower first decides what he wants to harvest. And according to what he wants to harvest, then he decides what he needs to plant. Does that make sense? Okay? A sower first decides what he wants to harvest, 
and then plant accordingly. All right, so let's take and make an application of this. If you want to harvest the souls of men, then what do you need to plant? You need to plant the gospel, don't you? All right, so this just makes sense. Okay? If you don't plant the gospel, then you should not anticipate reaping or having a harvest of the souls of men. So if we want to have a harvest of souls, then we must be planting the gospel. All right, now, we can kind of drill down there a little bit further. Uh, your target group specifies the desired harvest. Okay? So if you want to grow your children's ministry, then you're going to target children. Right? Doesn't that make sense? If you want to grow your seniors' ministry, then you will target seniors. If you want to add families to your church, then you target families, all right? Now, I don't know about you, but I think all of those sound pretty good, don't you? So I say we just target them all, right? We just target humanity, right? Just share the gospel with everybody, right? You can't share the gospel with the wrong person, right? And uh, you know what? This is what happens. So if we want to see a harvest of souls as a part of this church, by the way, do you want to see that? Well, the only way that's going to happen is if we plant the gospel, because apart from planting the gospel, there cannot be a harvest of souls. So you have to decide what you want to harvest, and then you plant accordingly. Okay? Um, it's in, in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 8 there, it says, He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. All right? So what if our sanctification here, the application here... Listen, if you want to harvest corruption, I don't know why you would want to do that, okay? But if you want to harvest corruption, then what do you do? You sow to your flesh, right? And if you want to harvest everlasting life, then you sow to your spirit. Now, just as a point of clarification, I'm not talking about salvation here. I'm talking about sanctification, earning up rewards, storing up, living a life, abundant life for Christ. That's the kind of life I'm talking about here when I mention everlasting life. If you want to harvest that kind of life, then you need to be sowing to your spirit. Okay? So this makes sense to us. All right? So the laws of the harvest here. Right? You not only reap what you sow, but you reap more than you sow. Now, if I can get a little bit excited tonight, I just might get excited on this point because this is fascinating to me, okay? Now, Galatians chapter 6, verse 8, we read it there. Or if you sow to your flesh, you'll reap corruption. I mean, th this is more. This is more significant than what you are planting. If you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap life, what? Everlasting, right? So you see there's a, there's a more here. If you look in um, uh, Luke chapter 8, hold your finger here in Galatians. Go over to the, to the book of Luke here. See this? It's a parable of the sower. In Luke chapter number 8, in verse number 15, the Bible says, But that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. You see that? There's more fruit that is brought forward. So you see that you reap more than you sow. Now I have a picture here of an orange tree, right? Now how many seeds did you plant to get that tree? But how many oranges are being produced by that one seed that was planted? And an abundance, an entire tree full of fruit. So we see this over and over again. You plant a seed of corn, it grows. How many ears grow on a stalk? I wouldn't know. What? One. Well, you get a ton of corn kernels on that one 
a fruit there that is that is grown. So you have this. You reap more than you sow. All right, now, so let's take and make an application to this to sow any. A sower should anticipate a harvest of more than he sows. Mm, Can you get excited about that just a little bit? Think about what that means, okay? So if I go out and I spread the gospel, okay, if, if, if while I'm here, I'm going to be here for 12 weeks, let's see, I see one person get saved while I'm here, all right? Man, that, that would be fantastic. Praise the Lord, right? Somebody gets saved, let's say it's Siri or John Vaughn or somebody we've already talked to. I don't know who that's going to be, right? I'm hoping, by the way, for more than one. But let's just say I see somebody get saved while I'm here. I mean, praise the Lord, it'd be fantastic, right? Well, listen, I can, according to this, be rest assured that there will be more of a harvest to come. Why? Because I just was faithful and just went out and spread the gospel. And you know what? If you do the same thing, you can be rest assured that there will be more than you sow. It's fascinating how that works. By the way, how does this work in a church? I have gone to churches before, and uh, we have began to go out and to evangelize the community in a church that did not evangelize before. And I asked them before I come, well, listen, are you seeing visitors come? And they'll say, no, we don't ever have any visitors. And we start going there, and man, we start taking the church people out, and we start going out, and we start knocking the doors, and we're telling people about the Lord, and we're seeing people get saved, and an amazing thing happens. Visitors that I didn't talk to, and nobody else talked to, just show up in the church. How does that happen? I don't know how it happens, Pastor, but it's this right here. It's the law of the harvest. If we are just obedient and we go out and we fulfill the Great Commission and we share the gospel, guess what God does? He just blesses and He just He just sends other people because there's a church that's doing what they're supposed to be doing. I'm telling you, it's exciting. And you go out and you're obedient and listen, the Lord just blesses obedience. You know, and if I can just be honest with you, I was sharing this a little bit earlier with Pastor. Uh, this can be a little bit frustrating for the soul winner. Because you go out and you talk to these people and you want the people that you talk to to come to church, right? And then God sends other people to the church. And you're like, Lord, I didn't talk to them. What are you doing? What about this guy over here that I talked to? Why don't you send him to the church? I want to see him come, right? And but listen, you know what? The Lord grows this church, doesn't he? Yes, he does. It's our job to just be obedient. And if the people that we talk to don't come, that's okay because the Lord's going to send somebody else. And it's just, it's, it's just one of those things. It's the law of the harvest. You can, you can see the law in operation as you do this. Okay, so you reap more than you sow. Now let's take and make an application of this to the area of sanctification, all right? Listen, if you sow to your flesh, this should be a major warning to you. It should be a major warning to you. It's not that you can monitor this out and you can measure how much impact's going to come because you're dabbling a little bit into something that you shouldn't be dabbling in. You have no idea where that's going to lead. and You have no idea the amount of corruption that's going to come into your life. You have no idea the amount of death that's going to be worked in your life because you are sowing to your flesh. You reap more than you sow. You think, oh, it's just a little bit. Oh, it's, it's just a slight indulgence. Oh, it's just a, a minor deviation. No, no, that's a misunderstanding of the laws of the harvest. Because when we indulge a little, we don't know where that's going to lead. You reap more than you sow, and this ought to scare us a little bit when it comes to this idea of catering to our flesh. We cater to the flesh a little, and guess what? Weeks later, we're still involved in the same sin, aren't we? We didn't plan to stay that long. 
We didn't plan to let it have that kind of impact in our life, but you know what? It did. But listen, that's the law of the harvest. But you know what? We can be encouraged because you reap more than you sow, and if you sow to your spirit, guess what? The Lord blesses abundantly. Right? And that can be an encouragement to us. So it's both a warning to us, and it's an encouragement to us if we will sow to the spirit. If you sow to your spirit, you can anticipate an abundant reaping of eternal life. I don't know about you, but 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 talks about the judgment seat of Christ there. And it speaks about those who go and uh, their life's work are burned up. And it says they were saved yet so as by fire. Listen, I don't want to be saved yet so as by fire. Okay? I, that's not my desire in life. I don't want to live a, a life so that when I stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, everything that I've ever done is burnt up because I had the wrong motives and all these different things, and all that goes away, and I'm saved. Yes, I make it to heaven, but I've got nothing to show for it. I, I, don't, I don't want to be there like that. And I want to sow to my spirit while I have a chance. Amen. And I want to reap life everlasting, and I want to have rewards to cast back at my Savior's feet. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's exciting. I don't... It's just the Lord's mercy, but you know what? I, I sow to my spirit a little bit, and then I get blessed this much. Amen. You reap more than you sow. Let's look at the next one here. You reap after you sow. Let's take a look at this. You know, I've got a picture of some, some little uh, sproutings there. Um, you know, if you plant corn, okay, how long should you anticipate between when you plant it and when you harvest it? Y'all are farmers. How long do you wait? 110 days. How many? 110- he knows the number of days. So this is why I'm nervous about this, right? <laughs> he knows the number of days, okay? 110 days. He's got it measured. It's a scientific answer. It's proven. I'm sure everybody around here knows that, but I don't. And uh, but that's, that's neat. You know that, right? So when you plant, you, and you can anticipate then as someone who is sowing a time delay between the sowing and the harvesting. This is a law. This is something that we can observe. This is something that we can see, and we should anticipate that. In uh, chapter at Luke 8, 15, you're still there, I believe. It says, But that on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit. What's the last? Us two words. With patience. With patience. There is a time element that is involved with sowing and reaping. So a sower should anticipate this element of time between his sowing and the reaping, okay? I was uh, down in Fort Lauderdale, and I was uh, just kind of doing the same thing that I'm doing here, but there, and uh, we were down in Miami and and so on and so forth, and and the pastor came to me one day, and he said, listen, Dustin, I said, I know that that you're having a hard time, and listen, I was sharing with this pastor earlier today, too. Miami Beach is a hard place to share the gospel. People don't go to Miami Beach to find God. They go there to party and do all kinds of other things and sow to their flesh, okay? It was, it, was, it was very eye-opening for me. People were very resistant to the gospel and so on and so forth down the road. He told me, he said, listen, Dustin, he said, when we have concerted times of, of visitation like this, we will see the effects of it in six months. It's fascinating. It comes later. And this is a law of the harvest, and it's something to be anticipated. You know, you go and leave a door hanger on someone's door. You have no idea where that door hanger goes inside the house. It might go on the refrigerator, and it might be eight months before they actually come to church. I mean, you just don't know, right? So we, we have to realize that as we sow and as we share the gospel that, listen, understand there is a time element that is involved in seeing the harvest. We have to allow that seed time to grow. 
when we're thinking about this and we, we think about that little seedling there growing, and we probably think that it probably needs some tender love and care along the way, don't you think? Uh, it needs to be watered. It needs to be cared for. It needs to be tilled. The weeds need to be kept out. All of the work that goes into seeing this seed that has been planted grow into maturity. Well, listen, whenever we go out and uh, we have a good conversation with somebody at the door or something like that, well, listen, if they don't get saved, we can't be discouraged about that. We need to be excited because we planted a seed. And now we don't know what's going to happen with that seed. We don't know what's going to, how long it's going to take with that seed. But you know what we can do? We can go back and we can check up on how that seed is doing. And you can go back and you can follow up and you can send a card and you can do everything that you can do and you just, you just keep going back and you keep checking on your crop because you know that the harvest is coming and you're anticipating that there's time there. And so you're building that into the things that you do and you are excited about what the Lord is doing. I went to uh, uh, a church. Uh, I won't tell you the name of the church. It was in North Carolina. And uh, I went there and, and I was talking to them and, and uh, they were just... They were really struggling, uh, if I can just be honest with you. And so I was talking to them about evangelism and, and, and the things that they did. And I suggested that they try to go door to door in their community and see if they could get some people saved and, and come to their church. And, and one of the guys looked at me and said, oh, he said, that doesn't work. And I said, what do you mean it doesn't work? He says, well, we tried that, brother. It didn't work. And so I let it be. And so I preached that day, and then I left. Well, I came back uh, um, a number of months later and decided to press this guy further. I said, well, hey, would you tell me about the time that, you know, you guys were doing door-to-door and so on and so forth, and it didn't work? He said, sure, I'll tell you about it. And I was excited to hear what, what, what this was. So he tells me, he says, well, we went out one Saturday, and we knocked the doors over here in this community, and uh, the next Sunday no one came. And that was his explanation. Now listen, he failed to understand the laws of the harvest. Uh, There's a time element involved. There's caring for the seeds that have been planted. There's all of the work that goes into the harvest in between the planting and the reaping uh, that they they failed to see and they, they failed to understand that that needed to be a part of the process. And so he said, well, yeah, it doesn't work because what, they tried it one day and they didn't see any results? Listen, we're to be obedient all the time, man. We're to be out there just doing everything that we can every day, every moment, every hour, just out there and planting seeds and sharing the gospel. And if we do that faithfully, guess what? There'll be a harvest one day in the future. But there is a time element involved, and you reap after you sow. It can be frustrating. You said, that's the second time that that word has come up in your sermon tonight. I know. You talk to people, and God sends others. And you talk to people, and there's time involved. You said, we live in a microwave society, don't we? I mean, we you know, pop it in the microwave, and out it comes, and it's ready to go, and you can eat, right? But you know what? With soul winning, it's not that way. There's time involved in a harvest, and we need to understand that. All right, let's take and make an application here to sanctification. Listen, if you sow the seeds of the flesh today, mark it down. Payday's coming. Payday's coming. You think, oh, I got away with it. No, you didn't get away with it. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, we're just going to look at one verse here. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter number 8. And we'll look at verse number 11 there. The Bible says this, Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do what? To do evil. 
You know what? Just because you don't see the immediate effects of the sowing to the flesh, it does not mean that payday isn't coming. That's right. By the way, this works the same way when you're sowing to the Spirit. If you sow the seeds of the Spirit today, mark it down. Payday's coming, right? You can be excited about that. And uh, you can look forward to that. Uh, the more you sow to your Spirit, then the more you can anticipate right, the harvest taking place. You reap after you sow. You reap after you sow. Let's uh, look at maybe one more. I don't know if I have time to finish this. We'll see how far we get tonight. Go in with me in your Bibles to the previous book, Proverbs chapter number 20 and verse number 4. Proverbs chapter number 20 and verse number 4. This law of the harvest is you reap if you sow. You reap if you sow. Proverbs chapter number 20 verse number 4 says, The sluggard will not plow by reason of the cold. Therefore, shall he beg in harvest and have what? Nothing. Listen, you reap if you sow. I was looking for a picture, and I'm sure that there's a very good reason that these farmers have these blocks blocked off, right? Maybe they're letting the land rest or whatever it may be. But when I saw this picture, I thought to myself, you know what? They chose, and for whatever reason that, that, that may be justified, they didn't plant those sections. And you know what's the result? There's no harvest in those sections. You reap if you sow. What happens to seed if it's not put in the ground? Nothing. Nothing happens to it. Uh, there can be no harvest if there is no seed sown. Now, sowing the seed is hard work, isn't it? Uh, I'm not saying that it's not hard work. And any number of excuses can keep us from sowing. In, in Proverbs chapter 20, and verse number 4, it's because it was cold. You know, we can come up with a list of excuses for not sowing. But the truth of the matter is, if we don't sow, folks, there's not going to be a harvest. And so we have to be sowing if we expect there to be a harvest. So a, a sower should anticipate a harvest only if he spends time sowing. We can't expect for a great harvest of souls to be brought into Calvary Chapel Baptist Church if the gospel is not being sown in our community. It's just not going to happen. Um, there's a lot of people who think that uh, we're having revival here this next week, aren't we? I'm excited about that. Brother Summerdorf is coming. You know, there's a lot of people today, and I believe it's um, Calvinistic um, theology that's permeating how we think revival works. And, and some people think that, well, revival is sent by God. And it is sent by God. But you know what? It's not just God just decides randomly, I'm going to send revival here, and I'm going to send revival there, and, and all those things. If that's what we're waiting for, folks, we're going to be waiting a long time. Revival is a promised response from Scripture. Right. If we'll get uh, in line with what the Bible says and we'll begin to be obedient, then guess what? You can have revival next week. You can have revival. It's right there for the taking. It's just like salvation. If you meet the requirements, then you receive the gift. And you can have revival this week if you'll just do the things that you know that you need to do. You reap if you sow. How many of you like to go fishing? I like to go fishing, right? Um, if you go fishing, but you don't put the line in the water, how many fish are you going to catch? You're not going to catch any fish, are you? Uh, it doesn't matter that you have the fishing pole. It doesn't matter that you have the bait. It, it doesn't matter that you have a boat. It, it doesn't matter that you even know where the fish are. 
It doesn't matter if you don't put the bait in the water. This is bad grammar, but you ain't catching one. You're just not going to do it. So it's an if. It's a, it's a conditional statement. We can only expect to harvest if we put the bait in the water. We have to be sharing the gospel. Listen, you only reap if you sow. Therefore, you don't have to worry about reaping corruption if you don't sow to your flesh. You know, you can get excited about that. You don't have to reap corruption if you choose not to sow to your flesh. Well, there's two more here. Let's see if we can uh, get through these real quickly. Pastor, would that be all right? I may go about five minutes too long. All right, you reap where you sow. Genesis chapter 26 and verse number 12. And I'm going to ask my missionary friend Justin here a question in just a moment. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 26, verse number 12, don't worry, it's an easy question. Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year an hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The Isaac, it says Isaac sowed in where? In that land. And where did he receive the harvest? In that land. Can I just be uh, transparent with you here for a few minutes? I think that we, as independent Baptist churches, have done a tremendous job of supporting missionaries and sending them all around the world so that they can sow the seeds of the gospel, so that we can accomplish the Great Commission to go into the othermost parts of the earth and so that there will be a harvest all around the world. But you know what we've forgotten to do? We've forgotten to sow the seeds at home. Now, I just want to ask you a question, church. How many missionaries do you support to Auglaize County? How many missionaries do you support to Shelby County? Listen, we can't rely on the missionaries to bring the harvest to Calvary Chapel Baptist Church. That's our job. Now, my question to you is, when you leave as a missionary and you're going to Venezuela, the churches are putting faith in you, brother, to take the seeds of the gospel and to do the work of the ministry in Venezuela. But when you go to the Venezuela, are you not in, you know, trusting that the churches will carry on the work in Texas where you're sent out from? Correct. It's, there's a mutual understanding between us and our missionaries. We send them to do the work, and they understand then that we're going to carry on the work here. And you know, it, everywhere that I go, it, it seems like our independent Baptist churches have forgotten this. We're, we're fine. Oh, yes, we're accomplishing the Great Commission, folks. We're sending missionaries all around the world, and I'm paying my faith promise, and I'm doing everything that I need to do. But listen, when's the last time we shared the gospel? When's the last time we reached our community? We don't send missionaries here. Why? Because this is our land. This is our turf. And this is where we are supposed to work. So listen, if we want to see a harvest in this land then we need to be planting where? In this land. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't be planting in all those other lands. We need to keep doing that. We need to do both. Amen? But not only there, but also here. Also here. Because there are people that are dying and going to hell here that need to be saved. You reap where you sow. Sanctification. If you sow to the Spirit, then don't anticipate reaping in the flesh. If you sow in the flesh, then don't anticipate reaping in the Spirit. Boy, there's a lot of people that are doing that. There's a lot of people that are living lives according to the flesh and fulfilling the desires of the flesh and then hoping for some sort of spiritual lightning bolt that's going to zap them and fix them in their life. And you know what? It's not going to happen. Why? Because they're sowing to the flesh. And you reap where you sow. 
There's work and there's effort involved in all of this business of sowing and reaping. And lastly, you reap according to how you sow. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse number 6. Maybe we'll just stop here with this slide tonight so we have time for prayer. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 6. The Bible says this, But this I say, He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall, also, shall reap also bountifully. A sower should anticipate to reap in proportion to how he sows. In proportion to how he sows. Um, there's a slide here of a man with uh, dirt on his hands. It's hard work, isn't it? What about this one? You reap according to how you sow. It's a man who's praying. Psalm 126, 5 and 6. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. How focused are you in sharing the gospel, folks? I, I think it's preached here a lot to, to share the gospel, but how much do you do it? If we share the gospel once a year, then we can't really expect a great harvest of souls, can we? If we, spare the, if we share the gospel really even just once a month, we can't really expect a great harvest of souls, can we? And this needs to be our life. We need to be sowers, anticipating a harvest and understanding the laws of the harvest. I would normally do some review with you, but I think that we want to have time for prayer, so let me just say, you reap what you sow, you reap more than you sow, and you can get excited about that if you want. You reap after you sow, you reap if you sow, you reap where you sow, and you reap how you sow. Let's close with a word of prayer. Father, I want to thank you for the time we've had tonight just to spend a few moments looking at your word and drawing out these principles.